The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Well, good morning, New Song. How are you doing? Great to see you this morning. Uh, you, you may be thinking, that guy looks a little like Pastor Josh, only he's shorter and he's got a lot more wrinkles. And that would be true. But I, he came out of us. He is my son. And Trudy and I are honored to be with you this morning. We normally are like traveling around the country preaching. But man, it's good to be home this morning. And you look good. And you got up early. Wow. Slap yourself. Make sure you're still awake, right? Uh, we're going to jump into the Word this morning. We're talking about the power of one. The power of one. And I want to encourage you, if you have a Bible digital or paper to pull that out. We're going to look at some scriptures, but let me ask some questions to begin this brand new series today, the power of one. And we're going to zero in on the power of one prayer. Can one prayer make a difference? And along with that, can one person, uh, how much power does one person have? Uh, can one person really make a difference in the world? Can one person change history? That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And uh, uh, if you would turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3 and verse 16, our foundational scripture. And when it comes to the Bible, the Bible tells us clearly that God loves everybody. Would you say everybody? Everybody. That includes everybody. In fact, it tells us here, this is probably the most famous scripture in the world, famous scripture in the Bible, and it ought to be because of what it says, because this is an incredible scripture. You ready to read it? John three sixteen. You probably can quote it. If you can, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that awesome? You know the thing I love about that scripture? I mean, I love it, but think about this. Doesn't you say God, for God loved the world? Now that'd be enough, Right? But it doesn't say that. It said, for God so loved the world, so loves us. Isn't that powerful? God just doesn't love you. He so loves you. But he loves the world. We're talking about everybody in the world. This Greek word for the word world is the word cosmos. And here's what it means. The aggregate and general population of all people. The inhabitants of the earth. How many are on the earth this morning? Well, God loves you. The human family, the ungodly multitude, the whole mass of people alienated from God. That's everybody. Now, that is a lot of people. Let me explain how many people that is. According to Wikipedia, I found some stats. The experts believe that uh, population growth was probably very slow for the first few thousand years. There were about, they estimate, 500,000 people living at one time on the earth around 1650. Okay, 500,000. They believe population up to that time was doubling about every 1,500 years. But the population explosion started around 1810, 160 years later, when the human population had doubled to 1 billion. Everybody say billion. billion. So we got a billion. But then it doubled again to 2 billion in just over 100 years, around 1910. Today, human population growth continues to accelerate doubling now in just 39 years. There are, according to the internet, 7.456 billion, everybody say billion, 
billion people living on the earth right now, and this is growing daily. Did you know a person is born just about every second? Think about that. Every second. Uh, before I get done preaching today, there will have been 2,400 new babies born. Unless I preach three hours, there'll be more than that, okay? That's a lot of people, right? And did you know Jesus came to die on the cross and be resurrected and bring life to every person born? The good ones and the in-between ones and the bad ones. Man, that's our Jesus. He is awesome. This is God. Now, back to our scripture. God loves the world, right? But think about this. God loves the one because it says, whosoever, God, whosoever believes in him. So he loves the world, but he loves that one whosoever. Isn't that awesome? Uh, and how we operate, how God even created mankind, reveals a lot to us about how God cares for each of us. Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says this, Genesis 2, 7, New King James. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Now think about how God created people. He began by just creating one. Everybody say one. You know, he could have created Adam and Eve at the same time. He could have created a hundred people or a million people or a billion, but he only created one. See, God creates people one at a time, every one of us. Go to Psalm 139, verse 14. I know I'm flipping around to a lot of scripture, but I want you to see this in the Bible. Psalm 139 is an awesome psalm. And I'm, I'm going to begin reading in verse 14, Psalm 139. And the psalmist says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. He's talking about women. No, it's talking about everybody. <laughs> Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the room. You know, if you're really a person that really thinks things out, how can you look at how the human body operates, how it's created, and not realize that there is a God? There has to be intelligent design. I mean, it takes a whole lot more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe in God. Uh, I'll just give you a little example. When you think about all the, the blood vessels of your body, and that's your arteries, your capillaries, your veins, and we don't realize how much blood is flowing in our body. Like you have blood flowing through your eyeballs, and some of these veins are, are bigger, but then some are very, very small. The smallest vein in your body is five micrometers. That's small. And I'll compare it to a human hair, which is 17 micrometers. So all this blood flowing in your body, all the vessels, all those blood vessels, ask you a question. How long, if you put all those together end to end, how, how long do you think that would go? Don't answer Afton, because Afton knows, because she cut my hair and I told her this. Not two miles, not three. This is amazing. 100,000 miles worth of vessels in your body. Four times around the world. See, the Bible said the life of the flesh is in the blood, and your blood flowing. It's always moving, always flowing. And if your blood quits flowing, you're not alive anymore. But this is the way God made us. This is incredible. Uh, and do you know God has a plan for every person born? Look at the next verse, verse 16. You saw me before I was born. Now, this is amazing. 
every day of my life was recorded in your book. From the beginning, when you're born to the end, God knows when you're leaving. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now think about it this way. It's kind of mind-blowing. But God is omniscient. That means he knows everything. The scripture says he knows the end from the beginning. So he has a book for you, KJ. Got your name on it. And in that book is recorded every day of your life. And yet, this book's written already, and yet God gives us a will and the power of choice. He will not make anybody do anything. And yet he knows the choices that you're going to make, and he knows them so thoroughly that he's written it in a book from the end to the beginning. And somebody explained to me how that works, because I don't get it, but this is God. God is big, but God is in the details, right? And when you think about how people work, This is how we operate. Every one of us are unique. Do you know you have a unique handwriting, the way you handwrite, that is that you can be identified by your handwriting? You have a a unique personality. You have a unique DNA code that nobody else has. You have a fingerprint. You can be identified. And it's and every all those little grooves in there, you can't even see them. But you can be identified by your fingerprint. You can be identified by your voice print. You've been told you you Look like somebody or sound like somebody? I've been told before that I look like an actor more than once. I've had more than one people, person tell me this. That I look like Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) It's a guy named James Caan. You know who James Caan is? James Caan was like in The Godfather a long time ago, if you go back that far. But he was also the dad in Elf. The lights came on, right? Maybe I, <laughs> I don't know what I think about that. He looks kind of old. But anyway, I don't know, maybe. And then, but that, I thought this was cool. One time, no more than once, I think twice, uh, people said, man, you sound like Johnny Cash. And I thought that was cool. I like Johnny Cash. <laughs> Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. But I'm not. I'm not. And you may be like somebody. You're probably like your parents in certain ways. You know, I look at my grandkids and I can see mom in them and I can see dad in them and that's pretty cool and yet they're unique and God makes us all individually with a unique personality that nobody nobody like KJ Johnson nobody like Carl isn't that cool that God does that God is in the bigness but God's in the little things and he is into the power of one Psalm 139 verse 7 how precious are your thoughts about me oh God wow they cannot be numbered are you kidding me you can't even count them. This is God thinking about you. You know, I remember when I, when I met Trudy for the first time when we were teenagers in high school, and, and, I, and I fell in love. Remember falling in love? It's so cool. And I, but I remember I couldn't get her off my mind. I wake up in the morning just, man, she's pretty. I like to look at her. And just stare at her, you know, and just be around, just hear her voice and romance, and I'm thinking about her. You know, God thinks about you all the time. Can't even number the ways he thinks about you because he cares so much about you. This is so incredible. Remember, we're talking about the, the power of one. Now, here's the truth. Every one of us, sometime in our life, we fail. We missed it, right? That's what the Bible says. We did something wrong, and when we did, bam, something horrible happened, and we were separated from God. And now we're alienated, and, and we're away from God. But in, in fact, Romans 3.20 says Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned and fallen short 
of the glory of God. So every one of us, talking about one, are lost. But you know what? God got us back by the one. You've been, you've been bought back. Look at this. Romans 5, 17. I know I'm going a lot of scripture, but I'm laying a case, okay? We're talking about the power of one and the power of one prayer. But it says in Romans 5, 17, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, through what one man did, every one of us are doomed to, to, for failure and doomed to be separated from God. Much more. Oh, I love that. Much more. Everybody say much more. That's pretty weak. Say it loud. Much more. more They who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness or the ability, not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did, we can be right with God again. That's righteousness. Stand in his presence. Be confident again. It says we will reign in life by one Jesus Christ. See, God loves everybody and his will is for every one of us to be with him eternally. This is really the reason we're having church this morning, because we believe that what we're preaching and what we're doing here, as we come here about God, we connect with God, we're going to go back into the world. We believe that this is the foundation of all life. In fact, we have been commissioned by God to take this message and go do something with it. Go to Matthew 28, 18. We're going to read the great commission. Commission means you have been assigned, you have an assignment, right? You and I. And Jesus gave us, gave us this assignment. He gave it to his apostles, but it goes to the church, all of us. And here's what it is. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore. You could put a you in there. You go therefore. The one, you individually. We're called to do this and make disciples That means disciplined ones of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is our commission. Now, how did this work? How does this work? See, God has has given mankind the church, and the church is an answer. When you think about churches, they are gifts to the city. New Song's not the only church in Oklahoma City. There are many, many others. We need a bunch of churches. Because one, one church can't do all the, all the work. And yet you have to think about it this way. Every church is a gift. And God is saying to Oklahoma City in this area, in this region, I've given you an answer. I, I, you, can, you can find me. And, and he's ordained the church. But not just Pastor Josh. And not just Josh Romano. And not just David Terry. And Pastor Sarah and the leadership. And Courtney and those that are working and the greeters and Lou in the parking lot. Not just these people, but uh, not not just the staff, but all of us, the congregant, you and me. Everybody say you. you. The one. See, God has uniquely gifted some to lead, but then we all have a place and we're all called to carry out this ministry to reach the world. And this process of reaching the world, I believe, begins the genesis of the whole thing is this little thing called prayer. Prayer is very, very important. Prayer is connecting with God. Human prayer is the trigger to to move God. We communicate with him, but when we do so, remember Jesus said, all authority is given unto you. We, We rise up in that authority and we begin to use our authority to voice our prayers to God, to connect with him so people can be touched through our prayers. Can one prayer make the difference? I believe it can. See, here's the thing about God. God will never barge into people's lives. 
He will never rush in. I said it before, I'll say it again. He will never make anybody do anything. He has to be invited. And when we pray, we are inviting God and his presence and his power into the situation. Now we're talking about prayer. We're talking about reaching people. Each one, bring one. Prayer is the genesis of us getting that done. Because there are people in our town, in Oklahoma City, and in Edmond, and in this area, that need Jesus. I went to a restaurant last night, and we were sitting there eating, and it just happened, it was a booth, and I looked over the, the restaurant, and there was a family there, and they were young, and they had three little kids, and I think they probably had one of their fathers there with them. It's somebody looked like a pawpaw, Okay. And I'm looking at them, and I'm watching their body language, and I'm just, you know, as we're eating, and I just look over at them, and they just look so sad. And, and the husband and wife weren't talking much. And I could tell, looking in their face, they're, they're, they have anxiety, and they're bothered, and they're bugged, and who knows what's going on in their life? Who knows if they're thinking about divorce? Who knows? But I'll tell you what the answer is for them. I wanted to go and tell them and shake them, but you can't just go do that, okay? I mean, you don't want to be weird, but... The answer is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And I want you to know there are people that are desperately looking for an answer. They don't know what it is. Because when they think about Jesus, they think about religion and churchy. And I'm not a churchy person. And we're not talking about churchy. We're talking about Jesus and life. And God wants to help people. And he does it by the one. Look at Matthew 9, 37. Speaks to this. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. But the laborers are few. This is a harvest. This is people that are looking for God. And it's plentiful. And you can't even always see it on people. Maybe I, you know, I saw it last night. But sometimes you can't because people put a face on. But everybody needs Jesus. Therefore, what are we to do? Pray. Everybody say pray. pray. We're talking about the power of one prayer. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. Prayer is a communication tool of heaven to get the job done. Prayer is really, in your notes, it's the foundation of everything. So what do we do with this? God has designed our prayers to be powerful. And we're talking about each one bringing one. Let me give you three things you need to understand about your prayers. Number one, when you pray for people, prayer must be done in faith. You have to believe it. Because it just seems like me just talking to God and I can't see him. And can this make any difference? you got to believe it will. Jesus uh, ordained simple prayer. Go to Matthew 21, 22. When you pray, it's very simple. You are asking and God is always listening. When you come, not on your own accord, but in, in the name of Jesus. And here's your promise. Matthew 21, 22. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive half of them. Is that what it says? You'll receive 75% of them if you're really serious about it. No, is that what it says? Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. You have to believe. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, Jesus talking again. I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. When? When you pray. You believe it. Believe you receive them and what's going to happen? And you will have them, but you have to do it. So how do you pray? Okay, let me give you a little, uh, give you a couple ideas. First of all, when you pray, get a scripture. Pray the word of God. Well, Brother Ken, wouldn't it be great if I had 20 scriptures? Yeah, that'd be great. But you know what? Sometimes I think we try to get too many things going at one time. You just need to zero in like on one promise. 
And we're talking about praying for people that we want to, to bring to church with, it, with us. Let me give you a couple of scriptures uh, that you can claim and pray, first of all, for your family. And that is Acts 16.31. And it says, I'll just read it, I won't give you any context. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house or your household or your family. That's a prayer to pray over your blood family, family members. Brothers, sisters, moms, dads, third cousins. There, there seems to be a connection in, with family, with blood. So pray that over your family. And then for others, Ephesians 1, verses 16 through 19, that talks about the eyes of people's understanding being in light. And I won't take time to read all that, but that is a beautiful prayer to people that you're believing God over. And that's anybody. But pray. Grab that scripture. And then be diligent to pray. Be diligent to pray. Let me tell you something. What we're talking about, folks, you know, Easter's coming. And there are people that are open to, to listen to God in a different way. It's the number one day to invite people. The, the uh, second is Christmas, third is Mother's Day. And people actually will listen to you. There, there's an openness in our country about that. And uh, we need to understand, though, we need to be diligent because this is serious business. This is life and death. This is heaven. In hell. It's really serious. We can make the difference. You know, when I got saved back in the 70s and I met Jesus and it really rocked my world. When I got saved, I'll never be the same. I mean, I didn't say I, didn't say I never made a mistake. I make many and I'll probably make some more. And yet, something got in me now and I'm serving God and I wanted people to know about it. So I go to my dad. My dad wasn't a Christian. I sat across the table and I tried to explain to him the best I could what had happened to me. And I, and, he, and I told him my story. Dad, I really met Jesus. I got saved. Filled the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and he stopped me. And he wouldn't even listen. He said, listen, I don't want you to ever talk about this to me again. You understand that? My dad, he broke my heart. And you know what? You can't, you can't, not even God will, will intervene in something like that. I mean, he won't make anybody do anything. So I thought, well, I'm not going to talk to him. That's gonna, not going to do any good. But I could do something sneaky. I could pray for him. And I found that scripture, Acts 16, 31. And I began to pray that every day. And I prayed it for a month. And I prayed it for two months. I prayed it for three months. I'm thinking it was about, this is, about, this is like 1971, okay? I'm thinking it was about six, seven months in. But one day I'm mopping a floor. And I've just been praying that every day, okay? I'd get up and pray that. And I'm mopping this floor. And I heard in my heart, your dad will be saved. And an assurance came to me by the Holy Spirit. And I kept on praying, though. It didn't happen overnight. In fact, seven and a half years later, I get a call from my mom. My dad had gone to church with her one Sunday, and he had received Christ that day to be saved. He's in heaven today because of that. But you gotta, you got to understand it's a simple prayer, but you just have to do it and stay with it, right? Number two, prayer changes people slash prayer changes you. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes you. What do you mean by that, Brother Kim? See, you have to have a vision and see that God's working on people. In fact, God will even show you things about them as you pray. Now, Trudy got saved. My wife, Trudy, many of you know her. She got saved before I did. And she told me all about this. She was saved and filled with the Spirit, so excited. And she just knew I would want to jump right in. And I went, no, 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 leave me alone. 
And so she said, she tells a story that kind of threw me, but I thought, well, he just doesn't understand. So she began to be very sneaky and pray for me and lay her hands on me at night when I'm in bed asleep. And I slept pretty sound because I drank a lot in those days. In fact, I was 20 years old on the road to alcoholism. No doubt about it. My dad, that, that was his deal. And sometimes these things, you know, I watch him growing up, watch what it did to him. I used to say, I would never do that. And yet, when I'm a teenager, I fell into doing that. Why do we do that? Because we don't have any power. And things can be passed down. Bad things. So anyway, she's praying for me. I don't, I don't know if she's doing that. But, but here's what happened to me, and I didn't even tell her. There were two particular times God showed up in my life. One day I'm in the back of a grocery store trimming lettuce and the presence. I didn't know what the presence of God is. Are you kidding me? But she was praying the presence of God down on me. And I'm trimming lettuce. And all of a sudden I sensed God was in the room with me. And I sensed God saying, I love you. I said, I love you. And I'm going, I start crying. What's wrong? And I thought I was having a mental breakdown or something. In fact, the guy working with me walks in the back room and looks at me and goes, well, he leaves like... You're having a hormonal, hormonal moment or something. You know, I don't know. And then, and then the, the next time I'm driving to the liquor store to buy liquor. And I'm driving to the liquor store in my car because you had to drive about 30 miles in, in West Texas where we live because we were in a dry county. So I'm just driving and the presence of God filled my car. My 1963 Ford Galaxy 500. And I sensed Jesus was there. And then I heard him say this. Not here, but here. God talks here. You understand? I mean, if he talks here, that's pretty cool, but that's never happened to me, but he can. The Bible, he talked to people, but in here, I heard him say, I've heard him say three things that marked my life. He said, I love you. Isn't that what the, John three sixteen? And he said, I want to help you. And then he said, why don't you ask me to help you? Because see, remember, God won't intrude. He's got to be invited. God is a consummate gentleman. And I didn't at that moment, and nothing happened. But it so impressed me that it wasn't long until I did. And seven weeks after she got saved and filled with the Spirit, I did. And everything's changed since then. So it rocked our world. But see, here's prayer changes. Prayer, prayer changes people. Prayer changes you. She tells the story that as she's praying for me, she said, I would pray for you. And she said, then I would begin to see things. Because sometimes women have this prophetic thing. They'll say, God, I don't know. Seems like, seems like women can hear from God a little bit better than men sometimes. I don't know why that is. I think because we're ornery and bullheaded. And, but anyway, she said, I, as I was praying for you, she said, one day I saw you and I saw you preaching before people. Now, if you knew me at that time, that was a miracle from heaven. Are you kidding me? Me be a preacher? I couldn't even stand up in speech class in high school and give a speech without freaking out. And she said, the more I prayed for you, the bigger the crowd got. And it happened. And, it's ha- and she said, I saw us having this huge crowd. And you know, our ministry with what we did with Gospel Bill Show, many of you know that kids TV show that we produced in the 80s with Willie George. That went all over the world. And what she saw happened. And it changed her attitude about me. Because see, God didn't, she, could, she didn't see me as this al- alcoholic sinner. She saw the future. See, prayer will change you and your attitudes about people. Isn't that good? So prayer changes people. Prayer changes you. And then number three, prayer changes the world. Prayer, can one prayer change the world? 
Can one person obeying God change the world? There was a move of the Holy Spirit in 1971 in Trudy's family. In her blood family, and this is all her brothers and sisters and even their kids and even uncles and aunts, there were over 30 people in, in about a uh, three-month three period that got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And a lot of these people, like her dad was an elder in a particular denomination, but in this church, they didn't even know you could be saved. So Trudy had never met Jesus, although she went to church every Sunday. Isn't that amazing? You know, there are people sitting in church this morning around the city that they don't know Jesus. But during that time, there's this move of God. And in our little town, farming town, 800 people, we'd tell people about Jesus. And we got a few saved, but, you know, it's not like her family. It's like, bam, this deal happened with her family. One day on, on her dad's, her dad's in heaven now, on her front door, there was a knock on the door. And so he goes to the door, and there's this little lady standing there named Mrs. Greer. She's real short. She's in her 70s. And Mrs. Greer in our town was known as the Holy Roller Lady. She's Pentecostal. You know, and that's, that's the way I knew her growing up, that she was just kind of wild. And anyway, standing there, and she just very kindly says, Mr. Burke, I heard that the Holy Spirit visited your family. And he said, well, yeah, that's true. She said, could I come tell you what happened? I said, well, sure, yeah, go ahead. So uh, she said, well, one day, it's probably about 10 years ago, I was working in my garden, and I can see your house across the railroad tracks from where I lived. And she said, as I looked at your white house, she said, I believe God spoke to me and said, I want you to pray for the people in that white house. So she said, every day I've been doing that. And I would go out in my yard and I would point my finger at your house and I would pray for the family in the white house. She said, one day I was praying for you and I had a vision from heaven. She said, I saw angels coming down from heaven and angels going up from heaven. She said, I saw that your family has an, has an assignment from God that he's commissioned you to do and it's blessed of God and she said the Holy Spirit visited your house do you know out of that move of God it was a move of God to all those 30 something people there were preachers that came out of that actually when you think about it Mrs. Greer birthed our ministry because she was faithful to pray we were able to step into things God had for us because everything begins with prayer. So when we get to heaven, Mrs. Greer at the award ceremony, you understand when you get to heaven, there's going to be a ceremony? Because you will be rewarded for everything you obey God in on the earth. And there'll be a ceremony. And our TV show called The Gospel Bill Show, we dressed up like cowboys for little kids. We believe in reaching kids at New Song. It's the heart of, of where this church came from. And... Uh, so we'll be standing there. I'll be wearing my cowboy outfit to get a reward for obeying God, reach kids. And I'll be getting ready to walk up, and Jesus will say, um, yeah, you're coming in a minute, but Mrs. Greer, would you come up here? And she'll get rewarded for obeying God for us. But then, you know, we travel all the time, and I'm always meeting people that were raised watching the TV show, and many of them are pastors and doctors and music ministers. But you know what, what else Mrs. Greer birthed? New Song Church. This church is here today because Mrs. Greer, before your pastor was ever born, was able to tap into, with one prayer, 
changing the world. It's so far-reaching. But your obedience to do what God says to do can change the world. So here's our takeaway. God wants to use you in this campaign coming up. And think about it. It's each one bring one. I was in a campaign one time. In fact, church on the move in Tulsa. And we call it each each one reach one. Which means we're going to invite somebody to church. But we want to go a little deeper with this campaign, okay? This is not each one, it's each one bring one. Which means, what are you going to do? Let me give you the formula. In fact, I think you have it in your notes. You need to, right now, ask the Holy Spirit to put somebody on your heart. In your business world or maybe in the uh, McDonald's you eat at or whatever, the restaurant you love to go to. But ask the Holy Spirit to bring somebody to your mind. And when he does, maybe right now, maybe later on today, maybe later on next week, but begin to pray for them. Pray. Start with praying for them. Take one of these scriptures and bring it to God and pray for that person. But Brother Ken, I got my own needs. You know what? It's amazing how a lot of times we get involved in somebody else, care about somebody else, get our eyes off us, and it opens up the door for God to bless you another way, right? But begin to pray for them. And then number three, there's going to come a time you're going to invite them to come. I mean, you're going to go up to them and say, listen, you need to come to church. Easter's big time. It's going to be awesome. going to be good. And invite them to come. And then when you do, let's take it a step further. Actually meet them. Say, I want you to come. I want to meet you. I want you to sit with us. Even take it a step further. In fact, we're going to take you and your family out to eat. Well, Brother Ken, that could cost me money. Yeah, $100. That's nothing in comparison with eternity. Are you with me? So close your eyes right now. Right now, God's talking to some of you. Maybe not everybody, but he's put somebody on your heart. And I want you to think about them. Maybe write their name down and begin the process. For some of you, it may be later today. But God's going to put somebody on your heart and then begin to go through this formula. And I want you to invite somebody to come. Nobody looking around. Everybody's eyes closed. But how many would you, I want you, I, I, want, I want to take it a step further. How many would say, Brother Ken, I'm going to do this. I'm going to act on this. Throw your arm up. Put it back down. Wow. Hands going up. That's so good. Now, I saw it, but Jesus saw it. <laughs> you follow through. Amen. Follow through. And everybody look at me. Listen, God's doing something in this church. Can't you feel it? I've been around some things, man. And there's a life and an energy, and you can feel it. God God has an assignment for this church, and it's awesome. And it's just too good. What's happening here is just too good to keep to ourselves. We want other people involved. So invite somebody. Bring them. Now, one one more time. Now, close your eyes again, everybody. You may be sitting here thinking, you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning, and you're thinking, you know what, Brother Ken, I don't know. I don't know God. So you know in your heart if you're right with God or not. And you may be thinking, well, I'm, I'm, if, I, if I'm honest, if I admit it, I'm not, but I want to be. That means you confess Jesus as your Lord. You believe he died on the cross. You believe he lives now. He was raised from the dead. We sang about it. I love that new song that we sang this morning. He's resurrected. He lives. He's watching and listening to you right now. If you say, Brother Ken, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Throw your hand up right now. 
So I look around the auditorium. You want to get right with God. That's what this means. Anybody, anybody, anybody. Let's all pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe he died, but he lives. He was resurrected. He did that for me. And I receive him into my heart. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Clap your hands if you believe that, right? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.